Welcome to the number one South Asian radio station in North America. Ruckus Avenue Radio. I'm a doctor, a father, an American, an Indian. I've had conversations about life from every angle, and as I've navigated the South Asian experience, I share stories of people and their purpose, and what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, a conversation with versatile actor, producer, director, and artist, Farhan Akhtar. Stay tuned. So my daughter, who plays a wide array of musical instruments, reminds me that the trick and challenge with versatility is that it always creates a question as to whether you can continue to maintain excellence in the execution within each aspect while attaining mastery in all of them. It's a really tough question. And by the way, it's this wonderful excellence that you should pursue by subscribing to the podcast, following us on Instagram and Twitter at MyGoodFraint, and telling a friend about our show. So for some, their versatility comes naturally, and so does the execution. And this is most certainly true for Farhan Akhtar. His superb versatility has blossomed over a 20-year career of excellence as a director, producer, musician, artist, and actor, and through being a reverent and intelligent student of his many crafts. While there's certainly an incredible natural talent and instinct, he values preparation and the profound responsibility of his success. Farhan's newest film, Tufan, releases on July 16th on Amazon Prime and showcases something he cherishes in his projects and presentations, a challenge. And perhaps this drive to continually challenge himself is what weaves exploration, versatility, and execution all together. So we caught up for a conversation and chatted about what's fueled his spirit of responsibility, his appreciation of mentorship, about the journey of Tufan and other projects, about his self-confidence, and of course, about the lessons of the pandemic. At this moment, I mean, it's just safety of your family, safety of your friends, that's of top priority. And then whatever you can do uh, for the larger society, I mean, in whichever way we can contribute, be it with financially, be it with our time, you know, be it with putting out the right appropriate messaging for people to be able to follow certain guidelines and norms. Uh, that is something that's ongoing. But what I really feel that all of us are going to get a sense of what we've been through and how that's changed us uh, when life in some new kind of way gets back to normal. It, it definitely has made me aware of one thing, if at all anything, uh, which is that apart from entertainment, which is the world that I'm a part of, um, that there is a lot more that a person like me can do um, beyond just entertaining people because they, over the years, over the last 20 years of a career, have given me so much, yeah. you know. Um, so it, it, it's at times like this where I, I feel very responsible to, to give something more back, you know, um, yeah. and, and that's what I'm, I'm really focusing on. But how I've changed, I, I don't know yet. I think that time will tell. Do you, do you wonder if it's perhaps either given you more clarity in your work? perhaps even some brackets 
you mentioned the responsibility. I mean, even the idea that there is some great responsibility and power to to your role, or even for that matter, made you more aware of the limits of what that role might be. Um, I, I think both. I think both. Um, I mean, the fact is that um, we are who we are because of the adulation and the love of people. Yeah. Um, and if if that isn't around, we don't get to do what we do. Mm. You know. Um, and uh, it's on some level. I mean, of course, you're I'm, you're grateful for it. You respect it. But you also understand that because of the job and especially that the, con- the, the country that you're doing this job in, yeah. which is uh, cinema obsessed, you yeah. know, um, that um, you always w- will. I mean, if you're lucky enough in terms of people appreciating and liking your work, you always will uh, have a career ahead of you. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I won't say it's I think taking it for granted is, a bit, is being too disrespectful, but it's something that you, you feel secure about. Mm. It, it secures you with where you are. Um, and it's at times like this, you realize it can all be just, it can all just be gone like this. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and because I mean, theaters aren't on and nothing's being made and nothing's going on. And what do you do with this time? I mean, you can yeah. sit and write scripts and you can sit and do this, sure. but when will things come back to normal and how many years will have passed and who knows, you know? So it, it really makes you think about that, which is one, how important um, uh, this uh, normalcy for me, for me to be able to just do my job is, yeah. which is one. Um, the second thing is on the flip side of it, of course, those are the restrictions. On the flip side, uh, like we just spoke about earlier, we have been given a special place in people's hearts. Mm. You know? um, so to use that for something more than just saying, you know, come watch my film or you, know, you like this story or you love this music, you know, there's so much more that we can do. Uh, I have endeavored over the last, now it's close to 10 years with an initiative called MARD, uh, which is Men Against Rape and Discrimination. I've endeavored to try and kind of get awareness out about gender equality, uh, about uh, curbing and stopping, of course, violence against women. Mm. That's been an ongoing thing. But uh, this makes you realize that there's so many more issues. I mean, people would speak about health infrastructure not being good in India. I'm not from the health field. Yeah. I would never understand what it really, really means. Yeah. You know, um, you, you'd understand, okay, I mean, of course, there aren't hospitals everywhere. People will not get the best healthcare everywhere. But this has like kind of just pulled that cover yeah. um, completely off the absolute abysmal state of it, mm. which I don't think anyone who has, I mean, of course, if you're in, in the medical field, if you're in health, if you're if you're a part of that world, probably you have a better understanding. Um, I I didn't, and yeah. I'm sure there's millions of me who don't, you know, uh, like me who don't, and they've been they've been exposed to something which is absolutely horrific, you know. Yeah. And and I think a lot of us now are going to focus in this in this area because um, I mean it's happened once. Hopefully, it'll never happen again. Yeah. You know, but uh, but you have to be prepared because I mean, it could be it could be something else that that demands this kind of um, uh, preparedness of us. And do you, do you know? It, do you think that because of this sort of sense of shared humanity, in that you know, it it makes us feel that much more connected to each other because we've all been going through through this together. Have you felt that uh, the power of giving is that much greater? Because of what we've all gone through? No, I, I, I've, I've been a great believer of that for, for a while now. 
you know um i i do feel i i i think it's um a part of of our existence here yeah it, it has to be that you know i i mean you cannot think it's it's all about you you can't think that i mean you're here just to take right um i mean it's you know it's uh, i i hope i mean as much as i can try and inspire people with or speak to them or in whichever way i mean i, I don't know just live my life by example yeah um you know that's all you can do um but i i feel that is tremendously important and yeah. i feel it's even more important when you are given respect and you are given love and you are given power by by people by so many you know when yeah. you're when you're yeah absolutely when you're handed that it's it's absolutely your responsibility to give back and do you think that sentiment has uh shifted maybe some of the tone in the industry meaning that when this all resolves and when we do find a new normal whatever that may be do you think that the the entertainment industry as a whole um will change or will it just sort of go back to business as usual will there be that sort of greater sense of humanity and and this idea that like this is all linking us together no matter where you are in society right i you know you're already seeing that happen um with uh, the producers guild which i mean of course is um, the the guild here Mm-hmm. um uh, all of them coming together already and making sure that all film federation workers get vaccinated at i mean in i mean now maybe you may not have to pay for it because there was a time when you got state governments had to buy their own vaccinations yeah. and that was putting a bit of a load on them um and uh, the film producers guild has spoken to the state government here um uh, absolutely assuring them that the vaccinations for all film federation workers who are like the manual workers your light lighting lighting people your you know just your daily wage daily wage workers um all of them and that runs into the thousands and thousands of people um all their vaccinations will be taken care of by the film producers guild yeah um there is um a a, a fund set aside for them uh, that is being uh, meted out to them on a monthly basis because they aren't working and they have to feed their families um so whatever can be done you know um is being done yeah but like i said um i i really don't think we will understand the effects of it or right. realize the effects of it for some time it's like it's like being in an accident you yeah. know i mean the first thing you want to do is get out alive um how it's affected your psyche and how you deal right. with people and what right. you feel about things you're just trying to survive absolutely i mean or it's dealing with the death of someone yeah i mean the first thing is incredible loss and then you miss them and then things start like kind of revealing themselves as to what has suddenly changed in your life with something being gone yeah you know so um, that is something that will happen with time have have you made any new discoveries throughout this process about yourself that you know now are you're sort of poised or or even charged and re and energized to translate that into into your work you know more than work um i i think the the biggest thing to have understood which i think many people have because when you speak to people and you try to get a sense is you don't really need that much here. you know i think we, are, we we all had become such creatures of consumerism yeah you know that you kind of like see something and you want it because you're excited yeah. and you realize you don't really need that much yeah your actual basic needs which is what you're kind of dealing with right now um and especially when lockdown hit us hard the first time mm. they were very they were very little to yeah. to live happily and to live uh, 
absolutely in in some kind of way where i mean you're not you're not missing out on on things right. i do miss travel you know that is something that of course i mean you do miss and that's something that i'm really looking forward to as mm-hmm. and when it's possible but apart from that the the big thing has been like you don't really need that much i mean you have your family you have your your close friends i mean you can get i mean you food on your table you know yeah. and you have a roof over your head and that's that's really all you need yeah. you know so i mean you look at something now and you see some i don't know whether i mean people have different thrills whether someone gets excited by a watch someone gets excited by a car someone gets excited by this luxury holiday to go somewhere right you realize you don't need any of it you don't need it anymore well it's the foundational things that that give you your great your great gratitude uh, about those things right oh absolutely absolutely and you it's 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 taught me how living um living simple is is just as enjoyable as as <laughs> i don't know like you know like live hoping or, right. or enjoying that life yeah absolutely yeah. i mean it's yeah. it's that's all you need you're listening to trust me i know what i'm doing after a quick break we'll come back to our conversation with farhan akhtar stay tuned Ruckus Avenue Radio. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with Farhan Akhtar. Let, let, let me ask you about Tufan uh, for a second. And, you know, that film and making it and going through that journey seemed like such a profound one um, for you. How do you think the preparation for it, the idea of you know going through that entire process translated to your own personal development as just even a human being but for that matter as an actor and an artist and was that journey one that that made you a different person i i definitely feel that working on this movie as like working earlier with the same director on bhag mil ka bhag um have been very um profound experiences hmm. and particularly because as an actor there you get very few opportunities to really really test yourself i mean of course there are there are parts that come that are emotionally complex which have different demands but um when something comes that pushes you in all departments it's it's demanding of you physically it's demanding of you um emotionally it's demanding of you mentally because there's certain discipline that is required and then of course creatively because you're playing like i played a, a sardar in bhag mil ka bhag which uh, i mean, i'm not I'm, i'm not privy to that culture I had never been till that film mm-hmm. so to kind of just uh, adopt um uh something that is was very new to me um as just culturally how do you be this kind of person and similarly again now with with tufan to play someone who comes from the the hood in mumbai so to speak yeah so just just to kind of fit in there again so i i like being challenged by this you know and and i feel that when that happens you feel more satisfied when the work is done right there there's there, there is that little bit of extra satisfaction because it it demanded more and you were able to do it does the joy perhaps of the preparation 
now uh, bleed into other aspects uh, of your life that, um, you know, boy, this was just such a great sense of accomplishment being able to do that. And by the way, was this sort of your De Niro raging bull moment? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. no? I, I wouldn't go that far. No, no, I wouldn't go that far. That's, that's if, if you're, if you're a, a cinema student, that's blasphemy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you won't, you won't go there. Uh, I don't, you know, the thing is that it's, it's really not, because the film hasn't released yet. Um, and when it does, I mean, it'll find its own level of success sure. um, in the hearts and minds of people. Um, but that's really not what it's about. You know, I mean, it's, it's about the journey yeah. and, and just getting through that and having people who trusted you to do it. So your director primarily, you know, and then of course, whoever else has seen it now in, in little screenings that have happened here, then the other people who, whose art you have appreciated people whose creative talent you respect when they speak about the film and when they speak about your work to you and, and, you know, like kind of say good things for me, that's the success of, of the film, you know, as an artist. And and, I mean, commercially it'll do what it has to do. I, I, of course, hope for the best, but um, my work as an artist, I think is, is, is done with, with, with what I want to do to accomplish on this film. Sure. Why is this particular presentation and this story important right now when it does, you know, basically given what we've been talking about in the kind of culture of the pandemic and the sort of temperature of, of, you know, what's happening right now. Yeah. Is there some big importance as to, you know, why Dufan um, may have value uh, and the story of it may have value? Um, You know, the the story of the film um, without giving away too much, because the joy of discovery also is is a part of watching the film, is boxing really is the backdrop mm. for the film. The film is not about boxing. Yeah. The film, yeah, the film is about actually accepting people for who they are, um, and accepting people for who they are. Not uh, whether it's oh, you look across a socio-economic divide whether you look across uh, uh, a religious divide, a caste divide, uh, a color divide, you know, so it, it, it can universally apply to, to anywhere where people feel us and them. Yeah. Uh, the minute that comes into play. So um, we, the, the human being, I think, you know, has a tendency to label people very easily. Yeah. If you are a certain color, you're a certain kind of person. If you are a certain caste, for some people, you're a certain kind of person. If you are a certain religion, for certain people, you are a certain kind of person, you know, and, and they form an opinion of you very, very quickly without ever getting to know you. So this film touches upon that and it touches upon accepting people for character versus label. Um, so that's the larger message in the film. Yeah. Sounds like that's perfect for just about any time, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm sure going to be even that much more profound in that same light, you know, that, that idea and that message and that sentiment is in fact, so powerful and yet so intimate, right? I mean, it's the kind of thing that you have as a, you're having a conversation with say your, your friend and you're trying to convince them of this, uh, in them, you know, does the, does that intimacy of that story of any story for that matter, is that always at risk of getting lost when one of the realities is trying to sell that story? 
I think it all eventually comes down to the intention of the filmmaker. Mm. If the filmmakers, like by filmmaker, I mean the when you talk about the most core team, that would be the producer, the director, and the actor yeah. or the acting talent. When you come down to the core, what is their intention with making a film? I mean, if the intention is to sell a story, or you know, if that's what it's about, right. then they'll then I mean, you'd make that kind of movie. Yeah. Um, if your intention is to be true to a story that you're excited about, and let's make it, and it'll find its own audience, that's what you'll make. You know. So eventually, it's the intention of the filmmaker. Um, yeah. And I, and I mean, you know, this. Um, I mean, uh, this kind of uh, how would you say a parallel for f- a film has been used, or an example for a film has been used many times over. It's, it's almost become a bit of a cliche. Yeah. But I'll I'll say it again. you know it's it's been said by so many people it really is like a baby i mean you've given birth to something yeah. and then you've put it out there you know and it's going to find its own friends <laughs> it's going to create its own life right. and do its own thing and there's only that much you can do for it i mean you've done the best you can right that's what will happen and and that's what happens with every film i mean even people who set out to make a film saying this film i want to make a lot of money let's right. make a film that's going to make a lot of money yeah it probably will end up doing that and they'll still be unhappy because they think it could make more because that was the intention right so they'll never be happy about how much money it- yeah it's almost as if there's going to be this asymptotic relationship no matter what you strive for yeah absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely and and you know it, with that then is the is the secret ingredient to this that a good story is always going to sell it's bound to to sell or merging these two together where that you can see you can capture that intimacy of a great story Right you know I I think the word the word probably uh, that I would use more than sell would be resonate. Ah. Um I sure. I think that would be the word you know um because it's not necessarily about numbers of people that watch something mm-hmm. it's about the impact of the work on the people who do watch it. Mm. And is that a tough thing to juxtapose these days in such a incredibly data driven world? You know the thing is I mean you have people who analyze this stuff all the time and you get a lot of and you do I mean you get a lot of helpful data as well yeah um especially I mean not really when you're making the film but when somebody has to go out and market the film yeah uh, I mean for them there's a lot of you know like statistics and why something did well somewhere and how do you like promote the film in a way where people try to they, they understand the message of the film but at the same time also get excited by it so right. all, all this goes on but that's a whole other department that has to do yeah. that has to do this work where we are at i mean it's as simple as you just be honest i think i think that's yeah. all you can do yeah you know and and people respect that and mm-hmm. people who i mean over time as your audience hopefully multiplies and grows the reason that it's growing is because they are recognizing honesty in your work mm. they're recognizing that you're respecting them they're recognizing that you're not trying to like uh, trick them out of their money or trick them out of their time yeah. and and if if that relationship if you can establish that relationship with your audience i think that's the best thing that you can do as an artist almost the magic of um sharing your vulnerability over and over again in different ways Oh absolutely absolutely. And and I'm I'm curious about this. I mean, it takes obviously a lot of you put yourself out there, you're you're taking risks, but at some point you develop a confidence um in that. When do you first remember 
developing or even kind of displaying that confidence, uh, you know, as a performer? Do you remember when, when you feel like, hey, that moment happened for you? No, I, I, I don't think it's happened still, to be honest. Um, every time I get excited about a film, it is immediately followed by severe anxiety and severe nervousness as to whether I'll be able to do it or not. Mm. So at, at no point have I ever felt, I've loved the script, I know I'm the best guy for it, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nail it. I've never felt that. Yeah. I, I wish I could at some point, or, or, I, or I wish I never do. I don't know which one's better, I have no idea, but um, right. um, I, I don't know. But um, I, I haven't felt it yet. I must share with you the only time in my life, there was only one time in my life have I felt so confident that I cannot be beaten or I cannot lose. There was only one time in my entire life. And that was when I was in the thick of shooting the Milka film. Okay. Um, so I was at my athletic best. Like I was like, you know, <laughs> I just, I was just feeling like I felt like a piece of steel. Like I felt like I couldn't be broken. I felt so strong in my mind because I'd been like so disciplined with everything for the first time ever in my life. Yeah. I needed that kind of discipline. And then I was being able to do it. I felt really strong. Yeah. And I went to my uh, daughter's sports day. <laughs> and while I was at my, <laughs> and while I was at my daughter's sports day, um, they said, okay, now let's have a parents race. And then all the fathers come for a parents race. And I went down for this parents race. And that was the only time in my entire life wow. that I have ever felt that, you know what, there is no chance any of these parents can be. Yeah. It's not possible. And I ran that race and whatever. I mean, I won. But that was the only time in my life have I ever felt so confident of being able to achieve something that I know I can. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that that sentiment is not one that you feel in what you're so passionate about, which is art and cinema and, uh, you know, your work. No, no, I don't. You know, the thing is because it's, it's so easy also. I mean, it takes one wrong decision, one bad decision yeah. for something to go terribly wrong. Yeah. You know, in your first few days of shoot, if you make a bad decision about how you want to play this character, then you're stuck with it. Is, is it the worry then of like you're overconfident and you don't want to get to that point where you are now at a point where you said, wow, I've taken something, I've gone beyond a certain point beyond, beyond which I can't return. No, it, it's, it's no, it's, it's not that I, I think it's the, it's the fear of falling off this tightrope that you've, you've created for yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what you've done. Yeah. You've decided, okay, I, this is how I think I should play it. And of course, this is not just you uh, in a vacuum. I mean, this is you having spoken to the writer, spoken to the director and having had all those conversations. And then finally, you arrive at this place. Okay, this is what feels right. And now you want to just walk that tightrope. And there are temptations all along the way. I mean, like a, a scene that comes up, that's a dramatic scene. You could play it like, you know, like it's in, like enjoy the drama and like really yeah. soak it in. Or then there's humor and you can really go for it. But you need to keep it within that one little channel that you've decided for yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and those mistakes can happen so quickly. And then when you watch it, you're like, 
dude what am i doing why am i doing this scene this way you know what happened to me you know and so yeah so that's the fear and that's it that nervousness and and honestly i mean it's i mean of course you have to be confident up to a point to be able to do things uh but you're absolutely right it's it's that little fine line between confidence and overconfidence i think that you have to keep jostling between well and and i wonder that with each of your roles as they become that much more challenging right so a role that that you find to be incredibly challenging and and rewarding does um recapturing that confidence and and recapturing that uh you know walking that thin line or that tightrope um does it change every single time do you have to relearn how to actually not be anxious about a role um it is it's a reboot every single time it yeah. is a reboot um you get done with something you feel great about having done it uh, the way it's been done when you kind of you know when it's all when the dust has settled yeah you feel good and then the next thing comes along that excites you and and immediately the first thing that starts is that feeling in the stomach again like oh my god you know, <laughs> there's there's no escaping that there really isn't you're listening to trust me i know what i'm doing after a quick break we'll come back to our conversation with farhan akhtar stay tuned Ruckus Avenue Radio. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with Farhan Akhtar. I always wonder about how, you know, some artists, some performers, some people in other professions, they can code switch pretty easily, meaning that they mm. are one uh, they have one set of skills or or uh characteristics in one place, but their skills change or their confidence changes or their trust in themselves even changes when they go to another. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. for you thinking about some of the things that you've been so passionate about, you're your advocacy efforts are remarkable right i mean you're you're admirably one who doesn't necessarily stay silent or on the sidelines about issues that you very much care about H- has this always been the case for you since uh, childhood this is who you are and this is how you've been or has this been kind of cultivated and developed over time and and as your as your awareness of yourself has has developed yeah i i think it's the latter i think it is it is something that's happened over time and i think just going back to the first few questions that you had asked it really has come again with um being in this fortunate place mm. of getting successful and probably the success growing over time um has also come this feeling of responsibility that it's it's not just about taking i i think that's really what what it's been about and if people like myself who are secure in their work who are secure in their homes who are secure with having enough money to maybe be able to live the rest of their life if they don't work tomorrow yeah you know if we don't if we don't stand up for things that are important you know if we don't voice concerns that are of a larger uh, uh population in 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 society who maybe don't have the liberty or um the courage 
because it could affect their job it could affect their livelihood sure. um if they have reasons to not speak yeah you know um uh, or reasons to not go protest or reasons not to say things um we have to be their voice you know we have to speak for them right um and i with every single passing year i i feel that more and more becoming um a part of my dna Mm. you know more than anything else and and maybe it's come from my dna so who knows <laughs> that's no, that's another thing i mean do, do you feel like you had uh prime uh, role models for this uh were are there people in your oh, life absolutely i i think all three all three parents yeah. you know so be it my mom be it my dad or be it shabana my stepmom yeah. you know all three of them have been very active uh, actively played a role in 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 working on issues that that plague us all as a society and i i've seen that from the time that i was a child right you know i i never understood it then um it all felt very serious to me like i didn't know what was going on yeah. um but i i so as time has progressed i've i've understood why i think even they felt the need to do what they were doing yeah um and and i think of course that that has played that has played a role in shaping me and and shaping zoya you know the in the way we are Well and and that going forward especially with uh Zoya's work you know you mentioned Mard earlier and yeah. you know it's an amazing social campaign and and you and I both have daughters so we we can certainly appreciate this uh, at the same time especially in a platform that you have in the entertainment industry itself are there still kind of structural or institutional uh levers that need to be changed or disrupted for that matter to bring about more uh cultural change so that these kinds of efforts you know seem like maybe 5 10 years from now or sooner that hmm. we're making significant progress and the role modeling of that actually is developing and becoming more of a movement than anything else i i mean you know having more women who are in leadership positions who are helping make decisions oh absolutely absolutely and and honestly uh, abhay i mean right now and i think it will only the, the i mean the numbers will only keep growing um but it is it's it's an amazing thing to see yeah. there are so many female producers so many female directors almost almost every uh, female actor who's who's done successfully who's kind of has achieved Uh, some level of success or the ones who are doing well for themselves are producing their own work um there's female writers there's female dops you know yeah. there so i mean it's it's an incredible incredible uh, thing to see you know and and honestly i mean if we just go back to when i made my first film at that time i don't think there was a single female director yeah i mean there wasn't anyone you know uh, then we had of course fara zoya Meghna and and the list now you can just it, Reema Kakti right. now and um, you know Nitya Mehra and there's so Ruchi Narayan yeah. um, now there's so many more of them so in the last twenty years and not even twenty I'd say in the last ten years actually more than twenty years you know there there has been rightfully so an explosion you know as far as um, women talent yeah. has come in not just in roles of being ads or being costume designers or right. handling hair or handling makeup you know yeah. which was like kind of what was considered like the feminine job so to speak yeah. you know um it's it's in roles that they absolutely are there by merit and yeah. you know and and by the strength of their their talent and it's great to see 
it's great to see and and that immediately starts changing the films that are being made right it changes you know um, the, the stories become more female centric the writing for women is written by women you know the writing the direction is 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 by women so it it treats characters very differently and um, you can already see that i mean there already is um, a change that's taking place in the texture of storytelling yeah. and in the texture of of the narrative that's that's kind of coming out that is mainstream it's not even like it's some kind of artistic parallel movement that's right. going on it's right. it's absolutely mainstream um and it's it's so good to see you know and it's so healthy for the functioning of our industry i feel like it shoves efforts like mard to the forefront and and really then builds more coalition among not only those in the industry yeah. but hopefully culturally then you know adds a lot of momentum yeah. to that Um yeah you know I mean mard also I mean apart from of course the the gender discourse in terms of empowerment of women and 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 dealing with violence against women the other important thrust of it um was dealing with um, or kind of speaking to addressing the concept of machismo with 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 young men the bro culture yeah I mean just just that I mean they are also victims of having grown up in a strange environment you know where they've been given these um, from, uh, what do you call it a blueprint of yeah. you know oh, these are the things you need to kind of build within yourself to be considered a man right you know so uh, just throw that blueprint away you yeah. know i mean th- those i mean you can you you don't have to be that kind of person you don't have to be the one who doesn't who has to only show strength right. the one who doesn't cry the right. one who gets what he wants no yeah. matter what you know yeah. and all these strange signals that uh, we all grew up with yeah. we all have it i mean we all still kind of deal with it now it's so difficult like i'm like shibani tells me all the time she's like it is so difficult for you to talk about things that are like you know that are emotionally important to you sure yeah because we've just been conditioned in a way that you don't speak about those things right, you know? right. <laughs> yeah and those are difficult to unspool and unravel yeah. unless you have yeah. great stories around you and great momentum around you and that the culture actually changes. Oh absolutely absolutely so it's it's changing that culture not just with telling or you know like kind of uh, speaking about women not really asking for their place they should i mean it's their place they should just come and take it yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. just like that's one yeah. and the other thing is just telling boys and young men that i mean you know just you need to reinvent yourself i i, I it's it's equally as important You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. After a quick break, we'll come back to our conversation with Farhan Akhtar. Stay tuned. Ruckus Avenue Radio. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with Farhan Akhtar. It's been uh, nearly 10 years, I think, since uh, Zindagi was released. And yeah. um, I saw an uh, a, a Instagram post the other day where uh, Abhay Deo is, is talking about a scene where 
there's, I guess, a, a car that Rithik Roshan. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw it too, yeah. Right? And, and uh, you know, he's he's trying to park it, but he forgets to switch the car off. And and you instinctively, I think, jump out of the car. Um, you know, and, you know, it, 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 I, it made me think a little bit that, you know, whether or not for you, you know, in your career, in your daily life, or, or in general, how much does instinct sort of guide you? You know, meaning that the ability to kind of quickly pivot or instinctively think about something and make decisions, position you or your team in, in the right direction. What kind of role does, does instinct play? You know, I, I think instinct is, of course, very handy when, when it comes to certain decisions creatively, for sure. I, I wouldn't say the same when I put my producer hat on and when I'm sitting in a, in a business meeting. I, I mean, you, have, you may have a, a, a kind of a hunch or a, or a feeling of what it is that you'd, you'd like from this meeting or from this negotiation or whatever it may be. Yeah. But I think that there, that there has to be a little bit more scientific an approach when it comes to those things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I, I guess at different times you, you think differently. Yeah. But creatively, I think instinct is, is all you have to go by. Right. Of course, you prepare yourself as much as you can. Like for any, any role, for example, if we speak about Tufan again, um, you prepare yourself and you bring yourself to a point where you've used your craft to be able to create as much as you can, you know, and, yeah. and to bring yourself as close to the world and as close to the psyche of this person as possible. Uh, but then when you're on set and when you're doing a scene, in the moment, all you have is instinct. There's, there's nothing else you can rely on. You know, um, and similarly, when you select a script, first reason to say yes is that feeling that comes from your gut, which yeah. tells you you have to do this. You yeah. know, and then after that, of course, comes the craft, and then comes you know research and knowledge and the scientific approach, so right. to speak. And I wonder if that changes when you're collaborating. Um, you acted in a film called The Sky Is Pink, and yeah. you know, I'm curious you know, contrasting that, the preparation and the instinct that's maybe behind that role versus uh, something like Dufan, especially with so much uh, of a partnered relation development with Priyanka Chopra in this case, you know, versus the sort of sort of singular or focused preparation that you have for a role mm-hmm. like Dufan. Does, yeah. does instinct maybe change when you're collaborating or when you're trying to develop a relationship? Um, you know, on scene in that kind of a role versus something that's more singular and where you're working solo? I, I think, I mean, of course, when you're in a, we're working in a, in a piece, an ensemble piece like Sky is Pink, yeah. um, your performance and, and how you play your role is going to greatly depend on your give and take with, with your actor, hugely. Um, I, I think... And Priyanka is, is absolutely amazing. You know, so working with her and with Zaira, actually, yeah. uh, who played Aisha, uh, who plays the uh, Aisha in the film. Um, so it's, it, you don't really, in those moments, you don't um, have, have time to, th- I mean, those are natural responses that, right. that kind of come out because it, the, the film is about dialogue, unlike Tufan, which is very internal. Yeah, you know, and and there's a lot of time you spend alone with that character. So you're you're. It's a very valid question, but but the way you deal with things is is different, because it's like how you and me are speaking now. There's no time for anything else to kick in. I mean, it's just a it's a give and take conversation that's going on, you know. But if you made me sit here and say, why don't you speak about 
your entire journey on tufan for the next 30 minutes <laughs> then it, the converse, it would be a very different yeah. you know but 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 the but the way i'd express myself right. would be very different yeah. you know so i i think that's the difference between between the two films and also but in sky spring i must say um because it's based on niren uh, choudhury who i play in the film um for me again it was it was really understanding like in tufan uh, the characters called aziz ali i had to build a fictional psyche of of this character right. you know uh, with with sky spring i i knew who i had to base yeah. uh, the character on so i mean uh, that does help to a certain extent that you want to get as close to being like niren as possible and and understand why he dealt with things the way he did sure um and what made him so optimistic what made him so positive what what made him always be filled with so much hope mm. where maybe other people wouldn't have been so just to understand the guy was yeah. important and and again then once you arrive at that place and you get a sense of okay this is who i'm supposed to be right. and you somehow infuse and inculcate that into your being for that time of your life then then you just again again then you're in the moment yeah. again you know when you're when you're doing dialogue with and it really helps having actors who are good take their work seriously you know and and give you something in every scene mm. so that you can take that in and give something of value back you know is is so important to a good performance yeah and so working with priyanka was it's it's been great i mean i worked with on dil dhadak le do yeah worked with on sky spring um and she's absolutely fantastic do you learn something from the chemistry you develop when you're working in that kind of situation do you learn something about how you can then translate that to a role where it is singular and you almost have to develop a chemistry with yourself with this fictional uh you know character uh like in tufan Yeah I mean the thing is that you have to I mean it's it's where does the challenge lie I think I think that's the big question yeah. you know does the challenge lie in a film like sky spring convincing um your partner convincing your child that everything's going to be okay yeah you know not letting them on that you have insecurities not letting them on that there's a part of you that maybe feels that this might not go the way you're seeing that it will Sure. you know so that's the challenge where whereas in tufan the challenge lies more with um convincing yourself will you be able right. to do it so there is a dialogue there yeah. is a dialogue happening but the dialogue is internal it's not being it's not being said sure so uh, i mean every expression is is something that you're telling yourself mm-hmm. the audience is in privy to the words but the audience is privy to the thought because they're seeing it on your face <clears throat> Let me ask you this you're, you're a um a student of poetry and music I'm wondering how do these passions for these other arts or other artistic forms how, how do they bleed into your style as an actor as a director as a producer and and in intangible ways for you how have how have those translated to some success in these other areas Um you know I I I I love listening to poetry i i do write some but i i i do not consider myself any kind of i'm like even as a student of poetry i think i've got a very long way to go a yeah. very very long way um when it comes to music i i mean it's something i have absolutely loved all my life 
Um, and across the board, I've never had a preference for a kind of music. Um, music speaks to you in ways I feel that I mean, obviously that I mean it's, it sounds silly to even say it now, but I mean in in ways that that prose can't. You know, I mean it's it's right. it's poetry set to yeah. a beat. You know, is is basically what it is. Yeah. You know, or to a melody. It always. I mean, I don't know what it it's been. I mean, of course, uh, everyone loves music, but I I'm. I don't know what it is. I've I've had a special connection and a special yearning to to be a part of that world for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Uh, even longer than I felt that I that I wanted to be in film, I felt that I wanted to be in music. Mm. Um. So for me, when I with this opportunity of so I mean I mean apart from of course playing guitar or writing songs, I mean that's one side of it. Um. Film also because of it being Hindi film and music being such an integral part of films that we make here sure. um just to find that expression to be able to put a story to what is going to eventually become song yeah. in a film that you write uh was so exciting yeah. um so the songs of dil chahta hai the songs of lakh the songs of dawn and then of course rock on zindagi na milegi dobara right. like to me i mean they uh, i mean of course it's a part of the film and it's a part of that narrative but honestly to me it it really just feels like my journey in music for me it's very personal yeah. it's it's not about just the film for me it's been a personal journey of wanting to create music and put music out so i absolutely love it and and to be able to go out do concerts play music for colleges across um, india i've been to the us i've done concerts there you know um and it's I I think it's the purest form of expression. I don't know how else how else to put it. Well, and so is is there a certain amount of freedom that you have in those in that genre that that you perhaps are are not experiencing not I wouldn't say not experiencing but it's a different kind of freedom when you're performing music or thinking about music. Does it allow you to innovate that much more? Um I don't know I don't know what it is. I I it's difficult for me to put into words because I I I know what I experience when when I'm doing music and it's not only about performing live when I'm in the studio with Shankar Hassan Noy yeah and we are thinking of okay now we need to write we need to come up with a song for um these boys are traveling down to Goa I'd like it to be a song about friendship yeah you know and you start with something um and then the, the magic happens whether it's that experience or then whether it's putting that song onto film or then it's editing that song and creating what it's going to look like for when people will see it or then it's experiencing it with people in a the theater when they are watching it and right. loving it right. you know or then when it's performing it on stage it gives me joy that i i don't know how to express it's the happiest time for me on on anything that i do yeah i whether i'm when i'm recording it when it's being performed when it's being shot when it's being it's the happiest time for me in my creative journey mm. is the music side of it and that's what it does it it gives me the most joy i love making the film of course i love being a part of that film i love directing the film i love producing the film but the music side of it gives me that little bit more joy i don't know, <laughs> i don't know how else i don't know how else to explain it you know you as someone who's sort of grown and and developed within the industry and uh within its institutions how how important is mentorship and sort of talent development uh for you 
you know, do, do is that a big part of of your own professional um, journey, and for that matter, your personal journey too? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as as a company, um, Ritesh and I both have um, strived actually to to try and keep getting new talent involved in film. So be it as writers, be it as directors. You know, I mean, I think over the last 20 years, we've made, I would say, close to maybe 10 films with first-time directors, mm. out of which um, four have been women. So it, it really is something um, that we are, we both are, I mean, are passionate about, about doing. I, I think it's important for the growth of our company. Yeah. I think it's important for the growth of our industry. And, and for me personally, on a personal note, it always comes back to my first film and somebody took a chance, yeah. you know, where someone said, okay, let's, let's give this guy a shot. And, and that enabled me to have an, an, a 20 year career as of now, you know, in something that I absolutely love doing and to be able to do that for someone else, um, I, I think is, is as important as someone having done it for me. Right. And, and that's really how I look at it. You know, um, and it's great to see. I mean, Zoya has gone on to have an amazing career. Yeah. Um, Rima has gone on to have an amazing career. Uh, and similar, uh, Abhishek Kapoor, who did Rock On, has gone on to have an amazing career. Right. You know, so it's great to see, like, when people make their first films and then, like, you know, um, the ones who get lucky, you yeah. know, are the ones who go on to have, like, long careers. And it, it's so great to see that. Yeah. Tell me, what, what's, uh, what's on the horizon for you? What's, uh, what are you excited about uh, coming up? And um, what are some things to look forward to? Um, well, I'll, I mean, right now, July is when Tufan will release. Uh, so it's having a, a, um, an OTT direct to Amazon release in July. Yeah. So that is something that the first thing that I'm looking forward to. Um, and beyond that, um, there's two films that I, if the lockdown hadn't happened, I probably would have finished shooting one and I would have been in the midst of shooting the other. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, so I'm working on a film with Ashutosh Gowarikar who did Lagan, Jodha Akbar. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a film with him. We are collaborating on, on our first film together. So I'm looking forward to that. And, and there's, there's many things in the pipeline. I mean, as, as a production company, of course, we have a lot going on, whether it's with Amazon um, or with Netflix. There's a lot of things going on. So, so the biggest excitement would be just that we can get back and, and start doing what we, what we love doing. Uh, look, you know, looking forward to some normalcy. And, Absolutely. You know, for for the few out there who may um, be introduced to your work for the first time, or maybe they newly discover, you know, some of your content uh, online. Maybe they watch you in a music performance at some point. How do you want them to feel after they've experienced uh, some of your films or your art or or seen you on social media? What do you want that interaction uh, to be, be like for someone who's perhaps experiencing some of your work for the first time? Well, that's a very interesting question. I, I think, I mean, if anything, I mean, to start with, I think the first thing, if someone is experiencing it for the first time, I think what would be nice is if there would be curiosity, you know, just curiosity about Okay, like I mean, I'm like maybe I'd like to watch something more of this guy. <laughs> I think that would be nice. Yeah, and that's because that's a great place to start. And for anyone who has followed my work, I think if they can hopefully, because and that's entirely dependent on on my choices. 
that they hopefully keep um recognizing like i said just the honesty in my approach i think that's that's important to me well um i think those who are experiencing it for the first time and and many times over are are grateful and we're all looking forward to to so much more farhan thank you so much for joining us it's really been a treat oh thank you abhay i hope you'll come back and join us again at some point i look forward and we're looking forward to it all tufan is out on amazon prime on july 16th and please also visit therealmurd.org to learn more about this important cause And just a reminder that this program is 100% organic and contains absolutely no preservatives. Till next time, I'm Abhay Dandekar. Because every story told is a lesson learned, because every lesson learned is a story waiting to be told. I'm Abhay Dandekar and I share stories about South Asian people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is trust me, I know what I'm doing. Hear it every Monday, Tuesday on Ruckus Avenue Radio or wherever you get your podcast. ¿Quién eres tú? ¿Dónde has estado? He removido cielo y tierra y no te encontré. Y llegas hoy tan de repente y da sentido toda mi vida con tu querer na me samcha na me jana yo vi tu nombre se caja hai señorita magar phir bhi na jane kyun mujhe sun ke acha laga hai señorita no desvíes la mirada quédate cerca de mí मुझको बाहों में तुम घेरो समझी ना सेनियोरिता चाहत के दो पल भी मिल पाए दुनिया में ये भी कम है क्या दो पल को तो आओ हो जाए भूले हम होता हम है क्या सेनियोरिता सुनो सुनो सेनियोरिता कहते हैं हम क्या कमा पोद्रे इंटरप्रेटर El sentido de las palabras que me dedicas Pero el calor de tu mirar Me hace sentir como la más bella señorita Negajos ni, negajos se Cahí hermano que da su traje señorita Y chajat ki, mohabbat ki Sari dunia me ki zubahe señorita मुझसे अब नजर ना फेरो आओ पास तुम मेरे मुझको बाहु में तुम घेरो समझी ना सेनियोरिता चाहत के दो पल भी मिल पाए दुनिया में ये भी कम है क्या दो पल को तो आओ खो जाए पूरे हम होता हम है क्या सुनो सुनो सेनोरिता कहते हैं हम क्या जो भी पल बीता है सेनोरिता हर पल तुमने है दिल जीता